everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Welcome to Scare Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Burton, and today I am joined by Andy North. How are you, Andy North? I'm doing great, Lisa Burton. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Andy and I today are speaking about the movie Pet Cemetery. Um, this is a great movie. This is 1989, Pet Cemetery. Um, I do not watch a lot of scary movies anymore as a grown-up because, I don't know if it's related, but as a kid, I was really scared of everything. Uh, I hit, like, the age of 10 and just started being afraid of the dark and stuff. And I watched the movie Gremlins 2, and I couldn't sleep in a room by myself for a year because I was scared of the spider gremlin. Uh, so I've just started getting back into them now. So I'm always on the lookout for new and good ones, which is why Scareblast is a very helpful resource for me. Spider Gremlin, uh, coincidentally, is also your college nickname? Yes. Is that okay? Spider Gremlin? Just, and it is a really weird coincidence because it had to do with a football injury I got. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Um, that extra arm's healing well. Thank you. <laughs> a young family moves to rural Maine, which is how every Stephen King story begins, uh, the uh, father befriends uh, a weird old guy nearby and who introduces him to a cemetery that appears to have magical powers to resurrect people uh, and he uses it to raise his cat from the dead and then things start to go bad. I hadn't seen it, but I've read all of Stephen King's books. Like that's my entry into horror is I really like reading horror and novels. So this was one that I hadn't read uh, before, and I just read it this past year for the first time. Because uh, Stephen King himself says when he wrote it, uh, he put it in a drawer and was like, I'm not going to publish this because the book, he was like, this is so ugly, and the storyline is so ugly, and I was a new father when I wrote it. So the idea of publishing something like Pet Cemetery, like, didn't appeal to me. But then I took it out, like, years later and rewrote it. Um, and finally released. Apparently he got over that and was like, now it's fine. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also one of those testaments to that writers just need to take out their work sometimes or like put it on a shelf and revisit it and then it'll be different or better at different points in your life. I think that's interesting. All right. And I get that as a new father, you would probably have a different view of something like Pet Cemetery than if it's like, okay, now I'm away from it a little bit and this is just a good spooky story. And especially if it's like, at a certain point, I didn't want to release this because it was too scary. <laughs> Maybe he was just lying. You know that path your wife commented on? That road and those Orenko trucks, the two main reasons is there. Well, where does it lead? Pet Sanitary. I would give it this, hmm. This is a, hmm. This is a B movie, I yeah. would say. Mm -hmm. B in terms of like what it's aiming for. Like, it's not trying to be great. And I'd say what it's going for, it pretty much succeeds that, except for a couple of missteps, which we'll probably talk about. Um, it is weird, like, how slashery it is. Like, the book doesn't have a big slasher vibe to it, and the movie is very much like uh, a slasher film, almost, once you get into the second half of it, which I wasn't expecting. But um, I really like the acting I thought was pretty good, um, especially Judd, the... Uh, uh, Neighbor guy. The neighbor, the weird neighbor guy. Because I can see how that, that character could have just been like a creepy, weird neighbor fella. But he uh, is played by... Do you know the name of the actor who plays him? I don't right offhand. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. And he is... 
I do know that he's like a classic film actor, but I don't know his full name offhand. Uh, he's phenomenal. Look him up. I want to mm-hmm. see everything else that he was in because he's mm-hmm. great. He's better than this uh, movie than he needed to be, I think, for Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And he makes it. Lewis, afraid you may have a spot of trouble here. Judd, what trouble? Well, there's a dead cat over here on the edge of my lawn. I think it might be your daughter. This movie, like the Pet Cemetery story, is about not being able to cope with loss. Like, mm-hmm. Three times this dude is like uh, the father. What's his name? The main character is uh, Lewis Creed. Lewis Creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Creed family. So Lewis. So Lewis first, like he buries the cat to try and shelter his daughter from having to deal with the loss of her pet, and obviously the cat comes back to life and is terrible. Like it's the idea is that everybody that comes back from the pet cemetery is like possessed by some evil force or twisted somehow yeah what do you think that's about like do you think it is uh like an indian burial ground thing they say that right yeah movie yeah they say it's an indian burial ground that they stopped using the mackinac uh Uh tribe or something that they set up in there Mm -hmm. and i i wonder about that i think the idea is because they say sometimes dead is better is the thing that they repeat a bunch of times uh, throughout the movie, so that's kind of like the tagline. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is that it's like uh, once something is gone, if you bring it back, it's obviously not going to be the same. Which is which is probably the thesis of the movie. It's like you have to accept when something is gone because even if you got it back, it probably wouldn't be the same as you remember, and it wouldn't be as good. It's such a different um, a different way to cope with loss than say Babadook. Where you have, uh, have you seen that movie? I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you have a mother and son dealing with their grief, and it manifests itself as a monster, and so that grief comes back at them instead of them trying so hard to get the physicalization of the person back, as in Pet Cemetery. Right. Um, Yeah, two very different ways to cope with grief of those things, and to cope with death, really, um... Yeah, I liked that in this movie. And and I also found it interesting that it's the connection of, like, the difference between adults and kids coping with their grief for uh, different beings, I'll say, because uh, there are so many animals that die, and then the children are like, yes, I will just put this animal in the pet cemetery. Um sure. And kind of the connection there where it's like, oh yeah, adults, when it comes to grief, adults and children are on a very similar plane. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting... Yeah, I didn't pick up on that, but it is interesting that they have the pet cemetery there that is like the good version of this where it's like these kids all just learn, like they bury their pets there because a lot of pets die on this road. Mm -hmm. And that's how like children learn to cope with loss. And then the flip side of that is the burial ground where things come back to life. And it's like, don't use that. Yeah. And it is all adults that use the <clears throat> bring things back to life cemetery. Yes. Except for Lewis or uh, Jeb when he's a, Judd when he's a kid. Yes. But even then, he's like, he learns pretty quick to get over it. How's your cat, Lewis? Jelly's cat. No. It's your cat now. When they're having the conversation at the coffee table... And Judd's talking to him about like uh, what he thinks the pet cemetery did to 
or he's like, I think that the pet cemetery on purpose killed Gage because it knows I introduced you and it like, it's like a malevolent thing because it's, it's a great little character beat because even if it's not, I mean, who knows? It's technically like exposition where he's like, this is how this thing works, but it's played as a character moment where he's like, I'm really sorry this happened. And, uh, I think I killed your son and he, de he delivers that line so wonderfully. Like, it's a great way to handle like, here's how the plot works. You know, like, here's how this pet cemetery works. Yes. What was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part, well, I'll say this. I don't, I don't know if it's my favorite, favorite part, but the most memorable part to me is when Gage comes back and he's, um, and he's playing with mommy and he's just like, there's just that moment where the mom, I don't know. It's something about like the mother son relationship and how dead like two, three-year-old Gage can pick up on the mommy-son relationship to bait her into killing her. And for some reason, that moment always sticks in my head of like, uh, like I'm not scared by a lot of um, kid horror-type movies like Children of the Corn or The Omen. Like Those things don't creep me out. Mm -hmm. um, but Pet Cemetery and that this kid, Gage, because he's still so fucking cute mm -hmm. as a dead kid... That creeps me out. And like, how and he's this... a good actor. That kid's very good. Yeah, he's very good. He was also in an episode of Full House. As Gage? A couple as of... Dead Gage? No, not as Dead Gage. This is that... just a Founder Kell situation where he goes on all the <laughs> TGIF shows. He just runs through all the programming and kills all As like the a promotional characters. thing for Pet Cemetery. Yeah. No, but it was only a couple of years later that he was on Full House. I remember the episode because I was like, I've seen that kid before hang on and it was only <laughs> i watched that kid die yeah. oh you're right 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 and then i watched that kid come back to life <laughs> and kill his mom and kill judd yikes and what was that movie hmm. you know there, this was the interesting thing and this is where i thought the movie misstepped is that in the because as good as that kid is in the book all of the uh gauge stuff happens off screen like you never see gauge really kill anybody um you just hear like something moving around and it's sort of like a monkey's paw thing where it's like you don't see the monster because I think Stephen King instinctively knows like you can't really describe a three or two year old, even a zombie two or three year old in a way that's going to make them actually menacing. Mm -hmm. The movie tries to do that by making him into sort of like a like a Pennywise character where it's like the mischievous bad guy who's like, nah, 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 nah. Mm -hmm. but I think it still is undermined by the fact that he doesn't look imposing. He shouldn't be able to get close enough to anybody to hurt them. No. Like even at the end when his dad kills him, it's like, okay, well like you could have just booted him. Like just don't let Gage get close enough to you to stab you with the scalpel that you know he has. And the adults that do get stabbed and straight up dead, those adults have to be perfectly still. And they are. Yeah. And for him to sneak up on them, for a three-year-old to sneak up on you and be like, and snip your Achilles tendon. Ooh. That was a yucko. That was tough to watch. Yucko I was not part. expecting that. Ugh. That and the part where uh, he kisses his wife at the end are... Are we yuck o moments? Yeah. No, are we allowed to talk about the ending? Yes, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Glenn doesn't always know why he does things, Lewis. I think I did it, because your daughter ain't ready for her favorite pet to die. That whole scene, I thought, was played really well. 
because uh, I thought that Judd wasn't as 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 much of a mistake he made. Mm-hmm. You know, getting close to the bed, uh, he wasn't dumb. Like he was like, okay, I'm gonna be cautious, and he picked up whatever it was, the scissors or something. Yep. Or no, he had his pen knife. Oh yeah, match. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought that was great. That's like very like okay, yeah. If you think this is happening, like this is good movie behavior yes like good work Judd yes yeah it's not stupid character behavior right Mm -hmm. whereas I felt like the other adults were like played that like oh this is a zombie but it's my son and I can't hurt him style thing where it's like no he's a zombie that family were dumb that family was dumb yeah what's up with that yeah I don't know they were weird I did not like that like he didn't go home for Thanksgiving with them but he's got two kids with that woman I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me that who cares if her father, you know, quote unquote, doesn't will never consider me part of the family. Mm-hmm. That is a non like, like that's a non issue at that point. They've got a seven year old. Is she seven or eight or something? Yeah. So it seems about that. I'm yeah. bad with kids ages. I, yeah. Is she like 14? She may, maybe she's 20. Like she was driving kid. around in a car, I'm pretty yeah. sure. They've had that kid for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it is It is funny that they didn't flesh out that relationship more. Like, it's like, if he doesn't... I think they were just trying to imply that it was a really bad relationship without really explaining why. Like, your relationship's got to be pretty bad for your wife to still go home with the kids for Thanksgiving, but you don't come. It's weird. Most times I would think, like, either the whole family goes or, like, nobody goes. Yeah. You know? That's how it was in my family. And? <laughs> Either the whole family goes or nobody goes. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> and how all families should work. On our horror movie podcast, let's talk a little... No, but it is weird that they don't like... That, that they have that odd thing happening at the end. They just don't really explain it. They're like, no, this is how we do it. Has anyone ever buried a person up there? Christ on his throne, no. Whoever would. I would for sure not show any of the uh the zombie stuff oh because that was how it was in the book yeah it's a spookier i think and even his uh the book ends with him like uh describing uh like what he's done i think i can't remember it's either him writing it or he's doing something uh at the kitchen table at the very end of the book and then he feels his wife's hand on his shoulder like um and it's just like there's all this spooky stuff that's like implied mm-hmm. which i think is always much scarier than like look at this kid yeah and look at the zombie wife so gross it's like okay well yeah this is such a movie of the 80s for that reason mm-hmm. that it's like 80s movies that are all show and and very straightforward plot and uh we got to be as gory as possible because we have 11 million dollars to make this film so right. let's get the most out of it we gotta spend that 11 million but even then how did they spend 11 million on this like no it's not like those practical effects were costing a bunch i do not know i mean uh i think jaws cost less than this movie hold on yeah jaws was eight million dollars yeah for jaws and 11 million dollars Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half million dollars. I don't know how they spent that money. No, I have no idea. Um, maybe big name actors. Mm. But yeah, I would just like uh, make everything darker. I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot that happens during the daytime. And I'm like, why is it daytime <laughs> when there's a monster? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, lighting. They paid. They spent that eleven million. That's what it was. They <laughs> they rented a bunch of Klieg lights. 
So everything was just... They're like, listen, we got to show the money on screen. I'm not having this happen at night. <laughs> yeah, because Judd dies in like the afternoon, which is strange, I think. Yeah. Or it's evening, but it's like oddly bright in his house or whatever. Yeah, like dusk. Yeah, just make it so that you never really see, even if you want to like show Gage on screen, make him like in the shadows, maybe just having his eyes glowing or whatever, like the cats did. Yeah, yeah. Don't show his whole like body and don't show him killing anybody. Just have it be like, oh shit. Yeah. What was that? The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery ain't human at all. Yeah, well, I'm wondering, like, um, if it was that different when he's like, I don't want to release this movie or release this book you know because i don't know did, did you read any of stephen king's books i've ever? read um some of his more recent short stories that are great um i've not mm -hmm. gotten into like i tried starting to read it at one point and got bored because i get bored reading stephen king i get half bored watching some of stephen king's like the movie adaptation sure and so uh the short stories, at least, are concise and to the point. Mm -hmm. um, so I can I can get through Stephen King short stories better than I can a lot of his horror books. Yeah, a lot of his bad habits mm -hmm. are uh, not uh, are solved by confining himself to the short story format. Mm -hmm. You're right; he's got a problem with length. Mm -hmm. But I would just wonder, like, did he change the story, or did he just get okay with it? Like, when he's like, I'm not going to release this. And then later on, it's like, I am going to release this. Because it's not like he's hurting for books to publish. He didn't have to publish this if he thought it was ugly. So I wondered, did he, like, change it into something that he liked better? Or did he just himself be like, well, now I'm okay with releasing this thing that previously yeah. I hated? Yeah. Because I like him. But he was writing a ton of messed up stuff in the early days. Like, if you read his Richard Bachman books or even just the stuff that he wrote when he was coked up mm -hmm. in the... 70s and 80s like there's a bunch of dark stuff and a lot of it's not very good mm -hmm. so i'm wondering what it was about pet cemetery that made this like too dark for him hmm. besides the fact that it's a bunch of kids getting killed yeah i mean i've spoken with a couple of people that are i mean you're a cat dad now mm -hmm. but i've spoken with a couple of people that are fathers um about like either people who about either movies that address children dying or children being put in danger mm -hmm. and from what i've gathered that is uh decide that's like i couldn't watch this movie for a while right after my son was born or i couldn't address this right after my daughter was born or etc cetera, etc cetera. um because even that scene early on with gage just being too close to the road when the truck goes by i can imagine would be terrifying if you're a new Parent. Parent, absolutely. You know, when that's just what you're thinking about all the time? Yeah. Even as a babysitter, I was, like, watching that scene makes me cringe when mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, somebody watch that kid. Yeah. So or something that's, like, normally just kind of uncomfortable yeah. can just be unbearable if it hits close to home. Yeah. That makes all the sense. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.